It was Father's Day, 2009. And she had given her life to Christ four months earlier. But for the past few months, life at home had not been good. Her husband was not pleased with her new desire to follow Jesus. He had even become fairly aggressive at times. He was an angry man, and he often cursed at her. She'd been contacting her pastor from when she was younger and been trying to get ideas of how to present Jesus, how to help her husband. She constantly told her husband that she would love for him to go to church with her, to which he would usually just blow her off and walk away and ignore her. She prayed for him often. She tried to share things that she had read in her Bible She even tried listening to Christian music in the car with him, to which he would usually respond, what is this garbage? And he would turn it back to his favorite hip-hop station. That's when she got the idea for Father's Day. She'd been praying and praying, God, how can I present Jesus to him? And it felt as if God spoke to her. She knew that she should buy him a Bible. It was Father's Day, and she was going to buy him a Bible for Father's Day. And it was a, a really nice Bible, too. It was leather-bound, and she had his name engraved on it. And then she even had father and husband engraved on it. Her idea was that if, if she could remember who he was, who she fell in love with, and, and who he had the potential to be, he had the potential to be a really great husband and a really great father. And, and then if she could tie that into the Bible, maybe somehow that would, that would switch something, that would jar something loose in him. So today was the day. It was Father's Day. So she got up early and and she wrapped the Bible. And she also bought him a nice pair of swim trunks to go with it. But she wrapped up the Bible and she got up early and she was just, she was just praying over it. Just praying, God, do something with this. Do anything with it. I don't, I don't know how, but God, you gave me this idea. Use it somehow, some way. He so desperately needs you. So they snuck into the bedroom, the presents in hand. She took her son with, her two-year-old son, and they came in. They said, happy, happy Father's Day. He woke up and rolled over, and he saw the presents, and he smiled. He liked presents. It was great. First, the swim trunks. Thanks. These are great. I, I love them. I really needed them. I've kind of put on some extra weight, and I really needed them for this new season. Thanks. Next, the Bible. She handed it to their son. So give it to daddy. Her son handed it. Here you go. The second he felt it, he knew it was a book. And that was really strange to him because he didn't read. Ever. But, whatever. He tore it open. The second he tore it open, he could tell what it was. He hadn't touched a Bible much in his life, but he knew what they looked like. What is this? He looked at her furiously. It's 
It's a Bible, she trembled. He threw it across the room. Thanks for the swim trunks. He got up and walked out of the room. At that moment, she felt defeated. (laughs) And she just wept. God, why? Why did you give me this idea? Why, if this is how it was going to turn on in front of our son, why, God? I've been trying so hard to fix him. Why? And then once again, she felt as if God spoke. And she knew that it wasn't her job to fix him. It was God's. So she kept praying. That husband was me. Today's message is a a little different than what a normal message looks like here at Stonebridge. As you've seen, we have been focusing on the idea of being forever changed. And we have heard some stories about people being forever changed. People from the Bible and Debbie sharing with us of her transformation. This is my story of being forever changed. The story of Andrea and the Bible was one of the stories that I feel I was at my most distant from God. I'd grown up going to church as a child, but it was really just to please my parents and because they made me go. I was raised going sporadically at best, and I was told by my mother that I needed to go through the motions and, and the, the religious ceremonies that the church said that children needed to do. Just do these in order to please your grandmother. So I did. When I fulfilled all those expectations for the church, I ran as far away from God and the church as I possibly could get. In high school, I started drinking and smoking heavily, which opened the door to drugs and sexual promiscuity. And as a young man, I I struggled greatly controlling my emotions, specifically anger. I didn't have a conversation that wasn't laced with profanity and hatred. And these behaviors continued on into adulthood. I got married at 23 to Andrea. She was from California, and we were, on the, we were both on the same path of destruction and distance from God. Our first son, Deacon, was born when I was 25. And through all of those moments, I just kept pursuing my selfish ways. It didn't matter that I was now married. It didn't matter that my wife was pregnant. It didn't matter that we had a kid. I was living for myself. Finally, in 2009, Andrea cried out to God in a moment of despair. She begged him to intervene in our lives. And she gave her life to Jesus and, and started following him. She had grown up also going to church sporadically, and she had heard the gospel message from time to time, but had never fully submitted, surrendered her life to Jesus until that moment. My wife's decision only fueled my anger and hatred. So I was content and happy with my life of sin, and I wanted nothing to do with the church. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. I don't want anything to do with those people. And so for the next six months, our home became a place of fighting and frustration through the story of the Bible. And through many other stories, just anger and fighting. And finally, Andrea 
just started thinking, I, I don't know if he'll ever change, and I have to think about the safety of my child. So the conversation of divorce came up. And that started to shock me a little bit. I admitted to her that I didn't like where I was at in life. I, I wanted to change. I didn't like the anger that I always felt, but I just didn't know how to change. She said, I think you need to go to church. I said, what? What is that place going to do? All I do when I go there is sleep. <laughs> How's that going to change me? She said, well, we live in Boone, and there's a church on every corner. Let's go church shopping. We'll start on one end, and we'll work our way to the other. When I was younger, I grew up going to an e-free church. There's one of those out by Golden Corral. Let's start there, and we'll work our way through town. She said, there's a, you know, it's across the street from, the, from uh, Golden Corral. If you go to church with me tomorrow, I'll take you to buffet afterwards. She'd said the magic words. Buffet afterwards. I was in. While we were at church, though, something happened. I actually felt something while I was there. Yeah, the the singing was different than what I was used to, and the, the preaching was different, and the people seemed different, but it wasn't that. It just seemed like something was different, and I couldn't place my finger on it. And I told Andrea, I, I, I liked it. It was different. I'd be willing to try it again. But honestly, I still don't see how going to church is going to fix me. She said, well, maybe you should call the pastor. I think pastors help with counseling and stuff. And so maybe he can give you ideas and point you in the right direction. So I did. Schedule a meeting with him and we were going to meet up later. That following Monday, though, I went to work. And while I was at work, I felt my phone vibrating. And I answered it to the sounds of my wife crying. Through tears, she said, my, my grandfather has had a stroke and they don't think he's going to make it. Without even thinking, I ran out of the cell. I turned to my boss and I said, I gotta go. I gotta go home. I don't know when I'll be back. I'll call you. I'll let you know what's going on. We rushed home and I told her, I said, we gotta go. He's meant so much to you. You've got to see him one last time. So we threw together a couple of bags and we jumped in the car and started the 27-hour car ride to California. We decided we would take turns sleeping and driving so that we didn't ever have to stop. We could just drive straight through and get there as fast as possible. So it was 2.30 in the morning and I was driving through rural Nebraska. There usually aren't a lot of radio stations in rural Nebraska. And especially when the antenna on your car is broken. And this is before the day and age of iPods and iPhones. So I pressed the seek button just hoping to find a station. So here I was driving through Nebraska in the middle of night while she slept. And it was silent. As I drove, I watched the numbers just spinning on my dial over and over again. I was just thinking in my head, please just find a radio station, anything, just sound, just anything. And just then, the radio stopped. It was talk radio. <laughs> I'm not usually one to like talk radio, but in that moment, I was willing to listen to anything. 
So I drove and I listened, and it didn't take me long to realize this wasn't just any talk radio. It was a pastor giving a sermon on the radio. I didn't even know that existed. But here he was, preaching on my radio. But again, I don't dare hit that seek button because I could go another 300 miles with no sound. So I just listened and drove. Pastor was talking about anger. He was talking about where anger really comes from. He was talking about how some people try to go to counseling and some people try medications and some people try to numb the pain with addictions. It felt like he was speaking directly to me. See, I tried all of that. That's what led to my drinking and drugs. I had tried counseling. I had tried medications. Nothing seemed to fix my anger. Then he said the only real solution to our anger is to admit that it is a sin issue. And we cannot change by ourselves. Then the pastor said, if you want forgiveness for your sins, say this prayer. I started repeating what he was saying. I so desperately just wanted to change. I was willing to try anything. And I'm praying and I started crying. And by the end of this prayer, I am weeping. And I felt Andrea's hand on me. It startled me. She had woken up while I was weeping and praying. She said, do you realize what you just did? I, maybe, yes, I don't know. But I knew in that moment something was different. That morning I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior while driving past a cornfield in Nebraska. We came home from California a week later and everything was different. Everything was changed. Even driving home from California, everything was, the mountains were more beautiful and the trees and the water and everything was just so different in that moment. I knew that God had saved me from my sin and I I knew that I had to change the way I live. So I met up with that pastor and he, he discipled me and he helped me and I started reading my Bible and praying more and, and getting discipled by him every week. And eventually I, I started helping out with the youth group and sharing my story. I knew that the stars, the scars of my past could be used for God's glory. Eventually I felt God calling me into full-time ministry and I eventually became the, the youth pastor at our church and, and now here I am today. I am not a perfect person. Many of you know that. (laughs) I still get angry. I still get frustrated. But through Christ's power, I have control and victory. And I know that I am forgiven. And I have turned from the addictions. And I am living in the power of God every day. God has left me in this community for the past 35 years and many times I run into people who knew me from my past and I'll I'll share with them that I'm now a pastor and they are shocked it's hard for them to believe that I could have ever done that with my life that I could have ever had such a drastic change they're right I couldn't have but God can and he did Romans 6 4 says, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order 
that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. In Jesus Christ, we have died to sin so that we no longer want to continue to sin. We're not only dead from sin, dead to sin, we're also alive in Christ. We have been raised from the dead and now we now walk in the power of his resurrection. We walk in newness of life because we share his life. Almost 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus died a, a horrific bloody death on a cross that he did not deserve he was innocent but he willingly accepted the punishment so that we could all have new life in him today we are here to celebrate the resurrection of jesus he is not dead he is alive the tomb is empty and he is reigning in heaven Because of the resurrection, we all can have new life and can be dead to sin. Too many Christians are in-betweeners. We live between Good Friday and Easter. Believing in the cross, but not entering into the power and glory of the resurrection. Romans 6-4 teaches that we share his resurrection power today. That is today, not not when we die and are with Jesus. It is today that we share that power. No matter where you are today, no matter how far from Jesus you are, no matter if you have gone through life demanding signs and doubting like Thomas, you can have new life today. No matter if you've struggled with the sins of your past and you you just don't feel like you deserve forgiveness like the man who was crucified next to Jesus. Or if you feel like the mistakes from your past are too great like Mary Magdalene. No matter what addictions or hurts or anger you bring here, you can find peace and hope in a resurrected Jesus. Because He is alive. I am forever changed. Because he is alive, because he is risen, you too can be forever changed and share in that resurrection power today. Let's pray. Father, I praise you. I thank you for this resurrection that you have given us this power and glory that you have shown to us. God, I pray for all of those who are here today. Whatever hurts, whatever struggles, whatever past mistakes or addictions they bring to the table, even the past mistakes and hurts they carry from this morning, God, help them to know that they can have life in you, Lord. That they can walk in your power every single day. We thank you for Easter. We thank you that you are risen and that you are alive. We know that this can be true. And we praise you for that. Help us to celebrate that, not just today. Help us to not live in between, trusting that, yeah, Jesus is a real person, but not understanding what the power of the resurrection is. Help it to just wash over us and give us freedom. Thank you, God, in your name we pray. Amen.